This episode is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash RFR for your free audiobook download. Thanksgiving is a very important holiday. Ours was the first country in the world to make a national holiday to give thanks. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. I can't believe that we're at our first holiday special of the year. Already the holidays are upon us. Welcome one and all to a very special episode of Rebel Force Radio. But aren't they all, really? They all are when you get down to it. But this is our Thanksgiving special. It's been a tradition for years gone by that we pay homage to you, our listeners, and tell you how thankful we are that you take time out to be with us talk and listen about our favorite topic, Star Wars. And uh, so we don't always get to your voicemails and your emails, but once a year, (laughs) we make a point to actually do that. Uh, Someone else uh, that I'm thankful for, of course, is uh, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Glad to be back here with our annual Thanksgiving tradition. It's as big a tradition as the turkey and the stuffing and the yams. That's right, yams for Thanksgiving, along with listener feedback. Healthy portions of listener feedback coming at you on this show because we're thankful for you guys, our listening audience, the smartest, most intelligent, and resourceful audience of Star Wars fans in the world listening to Rebel Force Radio, which is the most influential, positive, and optimistic Star Wars program in the galaxy. So we're real happy to be here. Jason, you sounded a little bit like Charlie Brown there at the beginning of the show, uh, lamenting the fact that another holiday is yet upon us, (laughs) and I have even finished my Halloween candy. Is that what he says about Thanksgiving? It is the weakest of the three uh, holiday specials from Charlie Brown. I know this because my daughter is obsessed when we watch them uh, all year round. And I got to say, when the when the Thanksgiving one comes around, uh, it's it's weak. Um, Snoopy's making toast, and that's the Thanksgiving dinner. So I, I I don't watch that one very often. But is that what he says when Thanksgiving is here? I haven't finished my <laughs> Halloween candy. Actually, uh, Sally says that. It's at the oh, very a... top of the show. Well, they're both kind of melancholy. I guess I appreciate that. Uh, no, I, I love Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving means we're that much closer to Christmas, and that's my favorite time of year. So uh, I, I, I always look at Thanksgiving as sort of the, the, the dress rehearsal for Thanksgiving without the gifts. I figure we've earned Christmas if we don't kill each other at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> that is true. It's like... Get together with your family, some that you haven't seen in, well, since the last Thanksgiving, and uh, spend the day together and just eat yourselves into oblivion. I mean, that's really, it's a bizarre holiday when you think about it. It really is. And we should, um, you know, uh, not forget our good friends in Canada. They have yet to have their Canadian Thanksgiving. I think that's coming later. Or is it earlier? They're the only ones I know that have a Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, I couldn't. Other tell than you. America. Yeah. Well, everyone should have a Thanksgiving. They maybe. should. We extend Star Wars Thanksgiving across borders, continents, and galaxies. Hey, something else we're thankful for is our sponsors for this week's show. Uh, big, big thanks to Audible.com and Dorkside Toys. We'll be telling you more about them later on in the program. But uh, thank you to them. And let's get, let's get right to it. We promised you voicemails, and we've got voicemails. Kicking things off is BJ. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jason. Hey, Rebel Force Radio. This is BJ giving you a clear show and leaving some feedback about uh, something I'd like to talk about on the show. Uh, we all know that Episode 7 is coming up. And we're all excited about it. I'd like to see if you guys would talk about the revolutionary aspect of Star Wars. You know, in the first original series, uh, Lucas revolutionized film with special effects and even revolutionized the industry with the deal that he got on licensing for the toys. The prequels were another step forward in using digital plantation of characters like our everybody's favorite, Jar Jar Binks. So my question, or I guess the topic of conversation to discuss amongst yourself is, in order for the next series of trilogies, Episode 7 specifically, do we need another form of revolutionary uh, either technology or... Uh, something we haven't seen before besides do we need to see something we've never seen in order to keep with envelope forward when it comes to Star Wars and how Star Wars affects the movie and film industry? Well, I've got the answer. Uh, it's clearly going to be some sort of digital weight loss, I think, uh, is going to be the, the revolution <laughs> that the sequel trilogy... <laughs> well... You know how they they made uh, 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 Patrick Stewart look uh, young and, and and Ian McKellen look young in X Men Three? Maybe they do something. You know, I, I don't know. That's it's a great question. Something I hadn't thought of. Um, but perhaps this is the time. Perhaps this is this is the Star Wars trilogy that doesn't have to worry about fighting the technology and pushing the envelope in terms of that. Maybe this is the one that's going to just ride, I don't want to say coast, but ride the the, the wake of uh, what's come before it. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. I don't know, Jim, what do you do you what do you see? What's the what's the the big uh challenge outside of just telling great stories that the Star Wars sequel trilogy might be able to overcome? Well, Jason, I think back in the 70s, the the era of the original Star Wars trilogy, you were dealing with a project that was in the right place at the right time. You had a bunch of anti-establishment mavericks who were going out there and pushing their creative boundaries to the limit. And they were being encouraged to do so by the man who was running the entire operation, George Lucas. Move into the prequel era. All of the, the fruits of that labor are all being realized now and, and put into practical application with the prequel trilogy where George is saying, you know what? We've developed all this technology. I started to develop in Star Wars, and it's gotten to a point where I think I can tell these stories the way they need to be told. 
So now all that technology has been fully established. We have CG characters abound and everything from television commercials to the things you see up on the screen at halftime and at NFL games. You know, it's, it's a, a very widely accepted technology. A lot of the technologies that were developed by Lucasfilm and ILM. So what I want to see happen in the sequel trilogy more than anything is emphasis on story, character development, and not necessarily trying to push the boundaries of technology because at this point, there's nothing that you can think of that cannot be put on the screen. And that's something we're sort of taking advantage of and we're taking for granted in the year 2013. So I think that things have come full circle. The circle is now complete. And I think that story and character are going to be the most important driving factors of the sequel trilogy. Yeah, we'll get visual effects that'll blow our pants off. And we expect that from Star Wars. But I'd like to see less green screen, more practical sets. I'd like to see less CGI characters and more human actors. And I would like to see emphasis on story and character development. Maybe that is the uh, maybe that is the challenge. Maybe that is the revolution. Star Wars has finally gotten to a place where the stories can be told with limitless imagination. So instead of trying to put the emphasis on developing the technologies to help get the story across, make the story as advanced as the technology that's being used to tell it. I like it. Jason, Jimmy. This is Michael Nip, long-time listener from back in the day. I just want to call and let you know that Rebel Force Radio is definitely the gravy on top of my Star Wars turkey, because even though that turkey tastes great, without Rebel Force Radio gravy, it doesn't taste awesome. You guys are awesome. Continue the good work. May the Force be with you. I guess he's saying we sort of add the moisture. <laughs> the moisture to the farm. Moisture. <laughs> you know, typically we have a turkey that's like butter and herbs or smoked, but uh, a Star Wars turkey, that sounds interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... Actually, w- w- no, it was ducks. I was going to say, I thought there was a reference to turkeys in a Star Wars novel. It was in the original novelization, um, and they reference a duck. Yeah, I believe it was Obi-Wan who said yeah. that, that old line, well, if it walks like a duck, right. <laughs> then it must be a Star Wars turkey. <laughs> Jason and Jimmy, Tereshwa, and Shaz Bazaar from Techno Retro Dads. Hey, a very happy Thanksgiving to you at Rebel Force Radio. This has indeed been a wild and crazy year. Yeah, tell me about it. A new show, a new podcasting network, new T-shirts, but some old friends. Yeah, well... You know, Shaz and I just wanted to tell you how much we appreciate you giving us a nudge down the road to such a fantastic community all those years ago and inspiring us to start our own show and to share all the great stuff that we grew up with. Yeah, if it hadn't been for Rebel Force Radio, I might not have ever pulled out my old Star Wars movie viewer. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't have so many amazing people to share in that anticipation and the hype of Star Wars Episode Seven, Star Wars Rebels, and, of course, the standalone movie, Star Wars, The Adventures of Jackson the Waskly Rabbit. Uh, 
I don't think that's been confirmed, though. That's that's Swamp Cannon, baby. Uh, well, well, thanks for letting us play on your playground or in your sandbox or, or well, either way, we're glad to be a part of Shot Glass Digital. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you two knuckleheads as well. It's uh, great to have you in the family. Might as well make it official. Make honest guys out of them and uh, bring them part of the uh, the Shot Glass Digital family. So check out Techno Retro Dads at shotglassdigital.com. So uh, Samuel L. Jackson made an appearance recently on David Letterman. Yeah, that's right, Jason. He showed up there last week. And there's always good chemistry between Sam and Dave. Sam and Dave, hey, classic uh, singing duo from the 60s. No, Samuel Jackson and David Letterman, they, they always get along really well, and uh, Dave led him right down the path and wanted to learn about Samuel L. Jackson's possible inclusion in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. He specifically wants to know if J.J. Abrams has given him any indication whatsoever that he might be appearing in Star Wars Episode Seven or beyond. More Star Wars? Or are we done with Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was just, after I left Germany, I, I, I actually went to London to start another film. And um, I'm in the film with Mark Hamill. So I asked Mark if he'd heard from J.J. Abrams. He said, no. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden, and, well, and then all of a sudden Ewan was there, and I spoke to him on the phone. I asked him if, if, if he was there doing Star Wars. And he said, no, they didn't call me. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe all three of us could just get together and go over to the Star Wars set one day and just kind of stand around <laughs> and see if maybe, you know, they could use some old Jedi. Why don't you... Yeah. Why don't you guys just do your own Star Wars? Well, and then I heard on television that they were auditioning people for Star Wars. And I said, well, maybe we should just go to the audition and see if, <laughs> to see, you know, if you... <laughs> see if we can get a job. Well, how, now what, if, what if you didn't get the job? That would be unpleasant for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I pretty much hinted to J.J. that I wanted to be in the film at George Lucas's wedding. And he was kind of like, hmm. <laughs> Well, isn't that, was, that something? That was, that was about the most I got out of it. Obviously, J.J. hasn't heard our pitch at Rebel Force Radio about Crazy Mace Windu, so he's completely missing the boat. Got to have a little Crazy Mace. And yeah. what I mean by that is taking full advantage of Samuel Jackson's intensity that he brings to roles like Jules from Pulp Fiction and really push him over the top. Bring back Mace Windu. Yeah, but... But what's Mace been like after he was thrown out of a downtown high-rise? And I mean, he must have gotten thrown at least a few blocks, probably landed on a hot dog cart or something, and now he's completely out of his mind. Yeah, we're looking for the Mace Windu equivalent of the spider legs that Darth Maul grew. What would that, what would that look like? Yeah, that could be worth investigating in the Star Wars sequel. They could mirror each other in a way. Now, this is, a, this is a Rebel Force Radio exclusive. I'm bringing you here, Jason, mm. actual audio evidence of Sam Jackson asking Mark Hamill about J.J. Abrams at George Lucas's wedding. This is something that Sam kind oh. of hinted at, but he didn't really go into it all. But um, he, he did approach J.J. at Lucas's wedding and asked him, hey, you know, anything and jj was like uh, not really making a comment but mark hamill was also at that very same wedding and sam asked him about being in star wars if jj had reached out to mark himself now put yourself in the moment we're on chicago's lakeshore in the hyde park neighborhood 
There's a big tent set up in the park. Stars galore. Melody's over there. She looks beautiful. George is looking dapper and, and trim in his tuxedo. It's a denim tux, but still. <laughs> With a plaid shirt. Right. And Sam spots Mark Hamill across the room as Prince is on stage jamming because Prince played the reception. And uh, Sam sees Mark. Mark's on his cell phone. I believe he was playing Purple Blade. That was the song. that, he, Right? I like that. I like where yeah. you're going with Okay. That. And that could possibly be included in Star Wars Episode Seven. I mean, Prince at least did soundtrack music for Batman, so it shows you that he does fanboy genre sort of material. <laughs> <laughs> he has a history of it, right? Only if Robert Wool's in the picture, right? That's, that's <laughs> Robert Wool. Um, <laughs> so we had our mics hidden uh-huh. all around the tent at the wedding reception, and we caught this this exchange between Sam Jackson and Mark Hamill. Sam spotted Mark across the room as Mark was making a cell phone call. And, uh, hey, you know what? The proof is in the audio. Listen for yourself. Exclusive. You won't hear this anywhere else. Yo, Hamill, did you hear anything from J.J.? What's that, Sam? Did you hear anything from J.J. Abrams? No, Sam, I haven't heard anything. What? Mother... <laughs> Sam, I have to get back to this phone call. All right, JJ, I can talk now. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What do I hear there? Is that... Wait, wait is, 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 is Mark Disson? Disson Mace? Well, what's happening here is that, much like how Harrison Ford has been forced to clam up whenever anyone asks him a question about returning to Star Wars... Mark has no problem lying right to your face if he thinks you're. If Mark Hamill thinks that you are going to reveal this information, he will lie right to your face. And he knows Sam Jackson has a big mouth. He knows Sam's going to go right to Letterman and spill his guts. Right. So he tries to mislead him a little bit. Right. He's not going to. He's no fool. He's not going to. Uh, he's not going to take the bait. He's not going to take the bait. So there's audio evidence right there. Mark Hamill in Star Wars Episode 7, lock and load. By the way, speaking of Harrison Ford, I got to find it. There was an interview with Harrison Ford in a recent issue of of GQ. And I just I love the headline. This is the headline for the for the for the interview. Enjoy a very grouchy Harrison Ford barely tolerating our questions. (laughs) He is taking the art of being a curmudgeon to the next level. I mean, really, he has gone to hyperspace with his curmudgeon ways. And I salute that. You, you do? Say it I loud, say it proud? Yeah. You think Han Solo is going to age gracefully? No, he's a keep your ball off my lawn type of guy. Right, right. The first question, the only question that they bring Star Wars up is uh, the first question they say, you've had a disproportionate amount of success with science fiction, the Star Wars trilogy, Blade Runner, and now Ender's Game. Harrison's response, that's three out of 41. (laughs) All righty then. (laughs) What's the 41 referencing? I think if he's made like 41 movies and, and they just mentioned three, but by my count, that's actually five. 
And if you count all of the different director's cuts of Blade Runner, that's like 35. <laughs> there you go. There's your 41. So there's your 41, yeah. Uh, so, But it, it's, it's a very brief interview, but it's just it's, nothing as brief as his answers. Great setup, though. Barely yeah. tolerant. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's get back to it. We got more voicemails. Here is... Who says the Jeremiah from Tennessee calling in? Hi, this is Jeremiah from Tennessee, also known as Kermit the Frog. Um, I've listened to Rebel Force Radio for a long time, even uh, when we were that other podcast. And uh, Jason and Jimmy really know how to bring people together. And if anything, I wanted to say I was thankful for you two guys You've introduced me to, uh, through your podcast, a lot of different people across America and across the world, even, that love Star Wars just as much as I do and allowed me to create a much larger friend and almost family uh, across the world. talking about the stuff that we love. So, of anything I can say is thank you guys. Uh, and also, in expanding your podcast and, and, and bringing so much more to the Star Wars universe and the fan universe for Star Wars, I uh, really appreciate it, and it does not go unnoticed. Thank you very much, and have a ho- happy holiday. That's very... Later. Bye. That's very nice. Thank you very much for those kind words. You know, something I need to mention before I forget is I got, and I'm, I'm going to send it to you, Jim, here while we're, uh, while we're uh, recording this show. But I got the nicest card from our buddy Zach Giolongo. He's the, uh, the author and the artist behind Ewok Shadows of Endor. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pocket. What are they? Ta- what, what are they? What's the technical term for that? It's a comic, but it's the, uh, Digest, digest, right? The digest size. We uh, we had him on just a few weeks ago, and he sent some original artwork of me, um, (laughs) you of me uh, standing interviewing uh, an Ewok. I believe this is uh, is Nala, not Nala. What the uh, what's the what's the girl? The girl that they from the. Nisa, not Nala. Nala's from that other thing. Uh, Nisa. So I'm standing there interviewing Nisa, and she's looking at me, and she said, and I've got the, the Ewok hoodie on, and uh, she's saying, aren't you a little short for an Ewok? Ouch. Wah, wah. He says, sorry, Jason. But it's great art, and it was all done in, at great fun, so we'll get that on our, on our Facebook page. So big thanks to Zach. If you haven't picked up a copy of uh, Star Wars Ewoks, Shadows of Endor, you should do that. It's a really fun, fun read. All right. Next up, we've got Tom. Tom, talking about dancing stormtroopers. Hello. Assuming that this is RFR, this is Tom Malifi, uh, making that transit between Middle Georgia and Metro Atlanta area, as I do every day. And, of course, RFR is among the, my favorite uh, podcasts to consume. Um, I've got an investigation that I would love to have uh, Jimmy um, assist with. Um, I have a vivid, vivid memory, and I'm sure I didn't construct this. It was an award show on television. I'm going to guess 
um, could have easily been 1977 or 1978 Academy Awards. Um, for some strange reason, I'm thinking 77. But there was a, a little production number that started out with um, stormtroopers marching out onto the stage, and then they start into a soft shoe. They literally have canes. They start doing tap, uh, doing a little Greta Stair action, um, brought the house down to the extent, and this is what kind of solidifies this as a memory and not like a reconstruction of a memory, is that at the end of the show, it was so popular, it was so, so much demand that they rebroadcast that segment again at the end of that award show. And I want to say it was an award show. Now, I've not been able to find anything online about it, and I've not been able to, in my Internet searches, I've not found anything to substantiate when this was. Jimmy, please help. See if you can find, see if you can figure out when this award show was. I'm sure it was in 1977, 1978 time frame. Um, but what the event was, when it was broadcast, and whether or not anyone's actually got um, a loop that includes that footage of that little stage act with marching stormtroopers turning into dancing stormtroopers. Uh, Tom Alifi, uh signing out from Stockbridge, Georgia. Take care, guys. Love the podcast. Bye. Help us, Jimmy Mac Kenobi. You're our only hope. This ring any bells? There seemed to be something familiar about this, but I couldn't confirm or deny it happening. So this launched a Rebel Force Radio investigative report. Thank you, Jason. I am Jimmy Mac from the Rebel Force Radio investigative report team. <laughs> Put it, I'm putting an extra. I, just, I, I thought I just finished my turkey. <laughs> I did put it. That was exactly what it was there for. That was a, a little you. room, you know, so you can digest. <laughs> I gave you a little uh, room to digest before we got that. into the investigative report. <laughs> um, it rang a bell, and I couldn't figure out where this was coming from. So I reached out to good friend of the show, longtime friend of ours, Star Wars author, former Lucasfilm, Pete Vilmer. And Pete knows a lot about the history of Star Wars in as so far as magazine articles, vintage television appearances, and stuff like that. And uh, right away, Pete thought the thing I was thinking when I heard a, this description from Tom about dancing stormtroopers. We both instantly thought of the Donnie and Marie show from 1978 that featured Chris Christopherson, Paul Lynn, Red Fox, and Star Wars characters, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2. Big Star Wars spoof, variety show style. By the way, was there ever a variety show in the 70s that did not at one point feature Paul Lind? No, he just came with the set. <laughs> up the set and then they would just uncrate it. Uncrate Lind. Yeah. He's still in a crate somewhere in Burbank. Yeah, he would pop right out. Um, you'd also have the Ruth Buzzy <laughs> crate that you would open up and then there would be Ruth. Uh, but uh, he was he was a regular yeah. for sure on the Donnie and Marie show. Just recently I did rewatch that uh, that great vintage Star Wars moment on that show, Donnie Marie, Luke was played by Donnie and Leia, obviously being Marie. Who and was Paul Lind? 
Tom <laughs> He was um he he played the Tarkin role. He oh, was he was the Tarkin. Yeah, they didn't call him Tarkin, uh-huh. but he was in that role. And yeah. there was an authentic Darth Vader. I'd have figured him for a C3PO maybe. Yeah, but they had 3PO. Oh, oh, they actually had 3PO. They had the real deal. They had Anthony Daniels. Yeah, Anthony Daniels. But uh they they did have the Darth the real deal Darth Vader costume, but they did not have James Earl Jones. So the voice is really something else. But we'll get into the whole Donnie and Marie thing down the road at Star Wars and pop culture one of these days. But um, dancing stormtroopers. There were dancing. They had their dancers dressed in white, but they were supposed to represent stormtroopers. They weren't necessarily stormtroopers. So I thought, well, that can't be it. Because these girls did dance. They were dressed in white, but they were not stormtroopers. No matter how you slice it. So Pete, out. Pete seems to be on a lead where he thinks it's the 1978 Science Fiction Film Awards. But then he later is unable to confirm that. As a matter of fact, he denies that. Mm. But he looks closer at the Oscars, the 50th Academy Awards. And Pete had the time to check out the footage from the Academy Awards, and he did not see any dancing troopers in the actual Star Wars segment that was a part of that show. So now we're both at a complete loss, and Pete thinks, well, maybe he's got it confused with C-3PO tap dancing in the famous Muppet Show Star Wars episode. You know, pigs in space, Star Wars style, all that. C-3PO does do a little tap dance at the end of that episode. So we're thinking maybe it's one of those fuzzy memory sort of things. Mm -hmm. But um, if I know Pete Vilmer, he's not going to relax until he can absolutely exhaust all of his resources and get us an answer, negative or positive, on this. So we might be hearing back from Pete down the road, but if anyone listening to the show thinks that sounds familiar, a 1978 could have been an award show, could have been a variety show of some sort, television special, what have you, that featured tap-dancing stormtroopers at the beginning of the show, featuring a segment of them doing a two-step, a soft shoe, as Tom puts it, and then they, they repeat that same segment at the end of the show. If this rings a bell with you and you know the answer to it, let us know. Show at rebelforceradio.com. There was a Bob Hope special that featured Mark Hamill. And there was Star Wars skits going on there where Bob Hope himself played Darth Vader. Have you ever seen that, Jason? No. Now, that's something I'd like to research a little bit more because that could have featured some sort of dancing stormtroopers. A Bob Hope special. Bob Hope used to do these comedy specials at least once a year. Comedy in air quotes, please. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Texaco Oil. Ain't that something? So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I might go check out the, uh, the Bob Hope. That might be a place to look. But if anyone else has any other leads or ideas or even video itself of dancing stormtroopers, let us know. Show at rebelforceradio.com. And we will share this info with Tom. It's been keeping Tom awake at night. He uh, cannot sleep until... 
we are able to provide him with the answer. So that's the end of our investigative report on these dancing stormtroopers from a variety or award show in the 70s. Unfortunately, we have no conclusion at this point. This is a cold case file. <laughs> Rebel Force Radio investigative report style. Uh, you know, the only dancing stormtroopers that I can recall uh, outside of, of course, the hyperspace hoopla was on the AFI tribute to George Lucas during William Shatner's number, uh, My Way. Right. And I believe he was brought out by several legions of stormtroopers, and I thought they did a kick line at one they point. They did. They yeah. did. It was something right out of Radio City Music Hall. But uh, not tap dancing. No, no, yeah, that was that was a full-on chorus line. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's what Tom is, is thinking about. I think his memories are a little bit more rusty and dusty than that. He's looking back at the late 70s, in the, uh, the early years of Star Wars mania. Uh, boy, oh boy, it was everywhere at that point in time. Anytime you turn on a TV, it seemed like you were seeing some sort of Star Wars. Oh, update from Pete Vilmer. This is just coming in now. King News. Breaking news. Wow. He must have felt a tremor in the force. Uh, yeah, he did say he was going to get home at around this time. So he is looking deep in his archives, and the report is not good. Sorry, Jimmy, I cannot find any specific reference to dancing stormtroopers. Oh. Mm. And he says sorry again. A double sorry for Pete. So you know he's not going <laughs> to let this rest. No, no. I was going to ask you if Bateman was, uh, was brought in on this. He's, he's got quite a collection of vintage Star Wars appearances, but from the UK perspective. So I wonder if there could have been a... A foreign broadcast. Yeah. Now, Tom sounded American to me, but he uh, well, maybe, yeah, right, right, maybe right. He spent his formative years overseas, thus complicating this particular investigative report. Okay. Another one in the cold case file. Till next time. Hey, Jason, Jimmy. This is Jeff from Ohio. I just wanted to call and let you know that every week is a good week. When Rebel Force Radio is on, I look forward to every Friday getting my fill of Star Wars news. Been a fan since I was young, and this is how I stay up to date. Uh, you guys are doing a great job with the show, and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, well, right back at you, Jeff. We appreciate that. But you know what, Jim? It's not all love letters and roses. Got a comment on our Facebook page from Roy O'Toole. Taking us to task. What? No holiday special love? where's jamie king when you need her like it love it or hate it it still had an impact on star wars fandom and even canon continuity characters and concepts that stuck even as far as episode three and beyond it's a disservice to ignore and just dismiss it i know it's a coruscant train wreck of the largest magnitude but it does have its place come on guys all right all right let's not jump to conclusions here between jason and myself uh, together, we've been Star Wars podcasting going on eight years now. Believe me, we have given the holiday special <laughs> love along the way. But there's no page in the Star Wars rulebook that says we have to celebrate its anniversary each and every freaking year. I mean, it just can't happen. But this year's the 35th anniversary. So this is a big year, I guess. And uh, we'll bring you some... Uh, some holiday special tribute, Rebel Force Radio style this year. And we're going to start with the actors from the holiday special. First, Harrison Ford talking with Movies Ireland reporter Paul Byrne about the Star Wars holiday special. 
the, the uh, when we spoke last year, you said that, that, that in regard to your choices, I don't mind taking uh, my chances. You know, taking my falls, and, and that that sort of notion through a career, you've always been fairly. You know, you've got a good integrity about your work. But every now and again, I guess we, we in a moment of, of madness say yes to something, and I'm always fascinated by the Star Wars holiday special. Is there a part of you that sort of enjoys the memory of that, or, or I'm, I'm sure George Lucas must be working on a 3D version right now just for, for his fans? But that, no, that was that's like an aberration when, when you. When uh, you... It was it was in my contract. <laughs> there was no way, no known way to get out of it. Have you seen it? Like have you? Like uh, lately? No, I, I've, I I was there, man. <laughs> I didn't have to see it. <laughs> a bit like having a video of Vietnam or something. Oh, you don't please. need to go back. No, no. <laughs> He's comparing it to Vietnam. Oh, my God. He, I, love, I love that moment of you can tell that's real Harrison Ford. Not, not the grumpy, you know, grizzled, but he just, uh, honest as anything, yeah, I was there, man. I don't need to see it. <laughs> that's a great moment. That's a great moment. Uh, Paul Byrd gets a lot of kudos from me for actually bringing it up to him. A lesser interview would not have done that. Someone uh, else who was there, mm-hmm. Anthony Daniels. And you know he doesn't hold back. When he has an opinion about something, you're going to hear about it. And he talked a little bit about the holiday special with Digital Spy. I was there with the glowing globes and the Wookiees carrying them. Scary moment. They were treading on the little pea lights in the uh, black velvet flooring. It was quite weird. Carrie singing a cappella, very strange. I, I think it was, what was it? Uh, Ewok Free... Uh, no, they weren't invented. It was uh, Wookiee Pride Day. <laughs> uh, you should see it. I have the script at home. It's about that thick and a, a black and silver thing. And I opened it the other day and I closed it because it was so unbearable. <laughs> It was pretty bad, actually. Mm. It's in the kind of black museum of, of crap, so... <sighs> I, don't, I don't think it will ever escape. So buy one, buy a, uh, a pirated copy of... Because you ain't going to get it from Lucasville. <laughs> I, I got to say, Anthony Daniels has the most vivid recall of things. It's astonishing. I, when he just describes, you know, you know... He was describing the floor and, and it's... I, I, maybe it's it's the um, it's what he tends to remember that that, that jumps out at me. It just uh, I he's a great storyteller. He's an amazing storyteller, and uh, you know he's he's easy to kind of poke fun at, and he pokes fun at himself a lot. But uh, he really does put you right there when he's telling you a story about uh, being on the set. In fact, Jim, I remember. You were, it might have been an investigative report but it, it, at one point, but you found a, a photograph of him and Robin Williams, right. uh, Anthony, in his uh, 3PO getup, and you, you had the opportunity to bring it up to him, and he was telling the story about it like it was yesterday. That's right. It was the Hands Across America campaign, and he shot a promo video with Robin Williams, and... I got the photo. Gosh, I don't know where I got the photo, if a listener sent it to me or what happened. But I reached out to Anthony, and he responded almost immediately and told me all about his memories of being on the set with Robin Williams, how Robin Williams was shocked to learn that C-3PO wasn't an actual working robot. (laughs) 
and uh, how he just, you know, they, they hit it off really well on the yeah. set. And there was a lot of joking around and stuff, a very loose atmosphere and very, very fun. And it, it, another vivid memory for Anthony, who has an amazing sense of memory and recall, like you mentioned, Jason. And he was able to uh, really get off on those memories of that one day he was on the set with Robin Williams. And it was a, a very fond memory. And Anthony told me, wow, you know. I haven't thought about that in 30 years. Mm. And uh, it really just brings back the warm fuzzies thinking about that moment. It was the Hands Across America. There's a, a video out there somewhere. It could be online, could be on YouTube, that, that will feature 3PO with Robin Williams. Now, if we're going to be talking about the holiday special, we got to include the main man, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, who I had the opportunity to sit down with at Star Wars Celebration Japan back in 2008. And we talked a little bit about the holiday special, and I was surprised to learn that Mark himself had not seen it. Now, following the success of Star Wars, you appeared in the infamous holiday special, wearing quite a bit of mascara, I might add. Did uh, I have mascara on? Well, it appeared you did. I, maybe, maybe it was the lighting. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, was remember. that just a one-day gig? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It might have been. I do remember opting out of a song because I said, "Oh, good God!" I don't think Luke would sing, and Carrie has a good voice. I mean, she was going to sing anyway, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't want to bring bring up uh, uh, bad family, uh, you know, dirty linen. But I, I refused to do it. I read it and I said, "I'm not doing this." Yeah, right. I'm not under contract. It's awful. It's, I mean, it's not awful. It's just not Star Wars. Right, right. So I don't care. I love the Jefferson Starship. I love Beatrice Arthur and Art Carney. <laughs> yeah. But what the heck does that have to do with our movie? And so I refused. Yes. And, uh, and that's when I got a phone call, not from one assistant, from George himself. Oh. Saying, please do this. And I said, well, why are you doing this? And he said, because there's such a great demand for toys and the toys aren't ready for Christmas. There are no toys. That's right. where I remember those chits they gave uh, out. Of course I where do. You had to get the figures Absolutely. and all that. Yes. He said, this is a personal favor to me because in lo- just to keep it fresh and keep it alive for, you know, to reassure the merchandisers, to reassure 20th Century Fox. But he was giving me all these reasons. I thought, well, since he personally called me, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it. But them knowing that I wasn't real happy with what they came up with, um, my participation was fairly minimal. Yeah. I don't think I humiliated myself too much, but I haven't seen it since. I never saw it. No. I didn't watch it on TV, okay. and I've never seen it. Okay. So I, I should probably, because yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it's really, really horrible, I mean, because <laughs> I don't want to be just mediocre. I want to be horrible. Like, I want to be in the worst movie ever. I want to be in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, you got to watch this holiday special then. Is it close? uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, let me just say, have your uh, remote control ready to fast forward at certain scenes. Because, I mean... You know, as much as I love Star Wars and everything, that thing was just not entertaining at all. Oh, wow. But it does have a campy, kitschy value these days. I guess. And uh, there's a website called RiffTracks.com. It's produced by the guys who did Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. And they did an audio track commentary to oh. it that you can listen on your iPod. Oh, I'd love that. That's the way to watch oh, this bet. thing. I'll bet. Yeah, so there you go. Free plug for RiffTracks.com. Well, it, it was way long. I mean, it was like a two-hour special. Oh, it was sick. It was sick. 
That's fantastic. I got to go back and listen to that whole interview. That whole interview is so great. Your great sit down with Mark Campbell at Celebration. I forgot that the holiday special came up in that interview. And Mark, Mark's another one. You know, if Anthony Daniels has incredible recall, Mark Hamill is just so honest in his answers and his responses. And he just approaches things from uh, such a, a, a down-to-earth, everyman kind of way. I just... Uh, it's almost like, Jim, he's such a fan of genre and such a fan of what he's what he's a fan of, if that makes sense. He's a fan of what he's a fan of, that he relates to Star Wars fans in a way like un- unlike really any of the others, uh, because he just gets what it's like to be that into something. And uh, so I just, you know, I could hear him talk all day. Well, you know, Mark is just a very laid back, down to earth guy, and he uh, takes all of his stardom in stride here's a guy who was one of the biggest film stars in the world back in the early 80s late 70s early 80s he was one of the biggest film stars in the world most recognized faces uh and uh he never seems to have lost his footing on solid ground he still knows what it's like to be a normal person and when when you're talking to him he is talking with you he is not thinking about these stock answers that he has and telling the same old stories over and over again. He's rolling with the conversation. And that's what you appreciate when you get to sit down with someone you grew up idolizing. I, 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 I think he enjoys the mind jog. I think he enjoys being reminded of things and then, oh, yeah, you know, and then we did this. That's what I like about it so much. Whereas, you know, Harrison's a completely different personality type. And um, but I think it's it's very helpful in that Mark understands what it is to be a fan of something. I don't know that Harrison Ford does. I I don't know. Is he a like a what is he into other than airplanes and helicopters and stuff? Oh, Harrison. Well, obviously, he he's a skilled carpenter and he's a guy who really likes to do hands on things. He likes outdoors things. He lives in Wyoming, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is Is that where he lives? And yeah, and so he's he's very much a guy who's an outdoorsman. He likes to tinker with things. He likes to build things. He's he like you said, he's a pilot. Yeah. He has diverse interests, right? But he but he's not like uh, like a, known to be a a, a a sports fan or something like that, right? I mean, he like who's he geek out over? Like, well, you know, he is a Chicago the Wright brothers. Guy. He is a Chicago guy. He was born and raised here. He went to high school here uh-huh. and uh, on the north side. Uh-huh. And um, so I'd like to think that he is uh, way into uh, Chicago sports. I wanted to add to, to, to in response to Rory here, not only do I occasionally throw in my pirated bootleg copy of the holiday special that I bought per Anthony Daniels' suggestion, by the way, because he told me to buy it, uh, but I actually threw the holiday special in as a Star Wars reference to a presentation that I did to our entire marketing and sales department at my job. And you're still working there. Now, get this. So what I did, I had to, I had to do a presentation on sort of the building blocks of a good promotion, in particular a good holiday promotion. Mm-hmm. And I had a slide in my slide deck that had examples of really horrible holiday things. And one of them was... A promotional image of the Star Wars holiday special. And I'm in the middle of talking about, you know, how marketing people have just destroyed Christmas over the years. And somebody yells from the back of the room, 
Did you make that up? I said, make what up? That Star Wars holiday special. That's not real, is it? Honest to God. I said, oh, it's real. It's real. And not anybody in the room. There were probably 40, 50 people in the room of various ages, ranging from my age on up. Not one of them had ever heard of it. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was shocking. What was even more shocking was you lined those 40, 50 people up. You got them up in a line and you had a, a Wookiee sound-alike contest. That's right. You had the top right. brass in your business going. Yep. Yeah. You, you better believe it. But I just couldn't believe I just couldn't. Be- they thought I photoshopped this. I never put that much effort in anything. <laughs> photoshopping but anyway i brought it up at uh at the day job so rory thanks for keeping us honest and thanks for uh being an advocate for the star wars holiday special and i have to say jim you know what i think given its history in the whole saga of star wars and i don't mean the the in-universe stuff i just mean the whole the whole saga of the of how the the series came to be and everything that followed, I think it's deserved of some sort of official release. I would have liked to have seen it released as a bonus uh, piece of uh, video on the Blu-ray special. I think that it is certainly something that deserves a definitive um, non-bootleg release. I don't know that I would put it out for mass market to buy as a standalone. But it would be interesting to um, see what it looks like in a in a more pristine form. But it does beg the question whether that would even exist. Well, you know, uh, it's been rumored that George himself torched all the masters. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, George uh, gathered up all the masters of this thing and destroyed them. That sounds like urban legend to me. Well, it does. You know why? Because George is an archivist, and he relishes any opportunity to preserve history. Or to embarrass Harrison Ford. (laughs) Right. And um, there must be a master copy of it somewhere. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people simply think, well, because Disney owns it, they'll release it. They'll release anything. Well, you know what, though? George has gone on the record. George Lucas himself has gone on the record several times as saying, I don't ever want this thing to be released. This thing is damaging to my story, and it hurts Star Wars, and it's so subpar. It's embarrassing. So I don't think Disney, I don't care how big a corporation they are, I don't see them doing anything to just outright insult the man who created Star Wars. I don't think so either. I don't see them, I don't see Disney, I don't know that even it's, it's, part of the deal you know there's a different uh a different licensing arrangement with the first film and quite possibly this holiday special than the rest of the the series mark threw down and said he wasn't going to do it uh george had to get on the phone and beg him and harrison just said it was in his contract which i find interesting because i didn't think harrison was under contract for anything beyond the original star wars He was contracted for Star Wars only. That's why the novel Splinter of the Mind's Eye does not have Han Solo in it. That's correct. Because it was considered to be a potential low-budget sequel if the original Star Wars failed at the box office. For television. 
Possibly, yes, yeah. for television. And there's a great article in the current Star Wars Insider number 145 with Darth Vader on the front cover that reveals notes from a conversation between Lucas, author Alan Dean Foster, and Charles Lippincott where they're discussing what this story could be potentially used for. And that is brought up, the fact that Harrison is not under contract, so he's not going to be in that story. At that time. Now, this could have been part of the deal that he signed for Empire and Beyond. Because, let's face it, the holiday special came out in 78. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or 79? If it's 35 years, then it's 78 is when it came out. So, at that point, Harrison could have been under a new contract. It's a very slippery slope here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know... You know I, it almost deserves its own little chapter in the making of Star Wars. I, I, you suppose there's anything about the holiday special in the Rinsler books? I haven't gotten to that point. I don't um, recall, but we'll research it. We will. We'll see because it uh, it would be it would be fascinating. Or maybe we could get Lippincott on to talk about the holiday special. We had him on before, right? We had Charles on. We, we discussed a little splinter of the mind's eye with him, and he seemed a little fuzzy on the detail. So I was really surprised when I got that insider this month and saw that Charles was in on this meeting. And a lot of the things that he denied having any knowledge of when we talked to him concerning splinter of the mind's eye, uh, it's, it's right there in black and white mm. in his notes. So, um, you know, like we always say on this show, the, 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 the mind is a, a funny thing and memories can be deceiving. Everything right. from a certain point of view, I guess. But, uh, so there it is. That's our 35th anniversary tribute. <laughs> I'm doing your, 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 your finger quotes when I say tribute, but, uh, the holiday <laughs> special, love it or leave it. Yeah, Rory, you're right. It does have an impact, at least on us as fans. And uh, I kind of like the idea of it only being available on bootleg because it seems like a forbidden fruit. And sometimes (laughs) when you take a bite of that forbidden fruit, you realize it's rotten. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I must tell you, the source for the force is Rebel Force Radio, your source for the force. The force is strong here indeed. Hey, before we uh, get too much further, do want to take a moment to thank our one of our sponsors for this week, uh, Audible.com. They're back with us, Audible.com. And we have a good friend over there, Jim, that um, not at Audible, but from Libsyn, who is uh, where we, we the, the, the company that we actually host all of our podcast files, a good guy, Rob Walsh. And uh, Rob's an old podcasting pro and uh, a veteran himself, but... He actually sent us a note. We, we'd spoken on a recent episode during an Audible plug about Star Wars actors lending their voices to uh, Star Wars books. We'd talked about how wouldn't it be great to get a James Arnold Taylor or somebody like that um, doing one of these books. And uh, Rob just wanted to remind us that Anthony Daniels has narrated uh, a couple of books. He cites uh, books two and three of the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, these are the abridged versions, not the unabridged that have come out re- in the last couple of years. And Mark Hamill was the narrator for World War Z, the audiobook. Which he is wasn't a- the narrator. He was part of a cast. It was oh, was it of- one of those? Yeah. It was where they had act. Okay, I got you. So it was done like a play almost. Right. But he has done other audiobooks. Ah. 
But uh, if you if you haven't had a chance to ever listen to Anthony Daniels, his reading of the uh, the last two of the Thrawn uh, series, we've got a little clip here of Tony doing a little Captain Pelean. I was there with the glowing globes and the Wookiees. Oh, that's not him. <laughs> I was there with the glowing globes and the Wookiees. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> what the hell book is that? <laughs> glowing globes and Wookiees. All right, here we are. Thrawn consulted his chrono. I suppose we'd better confirm that our exalted Jedi Master is ready to do his part. Pelion hid a grimace. A month ago, Jorda Sabath had proclaimed himself the true heir to the Empire. They'd also learned that this Sabath was in actuality the insane clone of the long-dead Jedi Master Sabath. Pelion didn't like talking to the man any more than Thrawn did, but he might as well volunteer. If he didn't, it would simply become an order. I'll go, sir, Pelion said. You know, just listening to that, it just kind of brings back, obviously, some of the plot points and in that series. And that was at a time, Jim, where we weren't quite sure what role clones had mm-hmm. in the Star Wars saga. Uh, I, I think that uh, there was at one point, you know, we, we've discussed that there was a belief that Maybe Obi Wan was a clone, you know. Obi Wan, um, right? And that was supposed to be some sort of clone designation, exactly. Obi Wan, but with Sabaoth being a clone, you know that is it. That is it. That's territory that the prequels never touched. I mean, outside of cloning Jango uh, for the uh, for the army, there was really no other cloning going on. That 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 the. the, the the whole idea of cloning was uh, just centered around the the army. It never went beyond that, which seems, when you kind of look back on it, a little unrealistic. Yeah. And very easily accepted. You know, maybe this was touched on a little bit during the Clone Wars television series, but the morality of cloning individuals and then using those clones in a predetermined way, you know, making their fate locked in, the stone, you know, none of that really got debated too much in Star Wars. It was just like, yeah, clones, they're here. Let's mm-hmm. use them. And just the concept of clones didn't seem to be a very foreign concept to the people in the Star Wars universe. So you have to wonder how many clones are simply walking around in general outside of the clone army. Right. Clones other than that of Jango Fett. How many clones populate the Star Wars galaxy? Outside of the clone army, yeah, or are there any? Is it just an accepted bit of technology, or you know, are they considered like livestock almost? Now, I know in Star Trek there were certain civilizations and societies that were built around the concept of cloning, where these societies would just shun Mother Nature and say, you know, cloning is the way to do it. But but no, th- those issues weren't really tackled in Star Wars too much. But do clones outside of the clone army exist in the Star Wars universe? I always assumed yes. And I felt like the, the story of uh, Joris and uh, his clone in the Thrawn trilogy was something that fit into Star Wars. Just from that one line. You fought with my father in the Clone Wars? Yeah. You know, that's where it all comes from, just that one line. 
and uh, and then you know this the the Thrawn trilogy filled that void during the dark years uh, between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. So uh, we were essentially set, locked and loaded for an onslaught of clones come episode two. But uh, that's something I always just accepted as fact in the Star Wars universe that cloning is there and it's not that exotic of a of a technology. But the idea of a whole clone army, that's something special. Even to somebody living in a galaxy far, far right. away. Right, and they and they had uh, modifications so that they would be more malleable, more controllable. They also had uh, had it such that they aged at a more rapid sp- time uh, space, uh, so that they could be out on the f- battlefield much quicker. So all kinds of things. But anyway, if you'd like to get a free copy of The Last Command audiobook narrated by Anthony Danos, you can do so at audible.com for free. Did I mention free? Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash RFR and sign up today, and uh, you can get one free audiobook of your choosing, courtesy of audible.com and us here at Rebel Force Radio. If you don't know about Audible, you got to check them out. They are the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. They have over 100,000 different titles to choose from i actually have the one book a month uh club membership you can get two books a month if you're speeding you know if you're a speed reader speed listener or what have you so there's a definitely a a membership for every listener type but uh try it out for 30 days and even if you decide not to stay involved you get to keep that free audiobook uh for as long as you want so uh, a great, great service. If you have a commute, I've got an hour plus to and from. Uh, so that's a couple hours every day in the car. And I would be lost without Audible and uh, the great uh, programming that they release. So, And uh, it's a great opportunity to get a hold of some books that maybe you've always been wanting to read. You know, you got that list, you know, the, the classics that you never got around to. And uh, chances are Audible has an audio version uh, of it, and as we mentioned with Mark Hamill, they also have oftentimes rather than just one narrator, they have the whole book cast. So it's almost like a radio play that you're listening to. So those are also really great. So just tons and tons of great stuff. A good chunk of the Star Wars expanded universe is uh, available as audio uh, books, and you can again get that free copy at audiblepodcast.com/rfr. We thank them so much for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. All right, back to some more voicemails. Who do we got coming up? We've got Matt. Hello, Matt. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. This is Matt in uh, Royersport. Um, Just wanted to say I love your show. I listen to it every Friday morning at work. There's nowhere else that I can find Star Wars news and commentary as good as you guys do every week. I love your show, and I I still have yet to buy a T-shirt, but I will definitely buy one. I'm looking forward to your Thanksgiving special. I just love your show. Thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you, that. Matt. Keep listening to the show because we will be giving away a T-shirt, Matt, and maybe you're the one who won. I'm not saying that. Don't Don't hold me to it if you didn't win. We will be choosing from random, though. So at the end of the show, we're giving away one Rebel Force Radio T-shirt. If you haven't picked up yours yet, go to shotglassdigital.com. There's a link right up there on the front page. Click on that. Pretty girl wearing the shirt. 
can't miss her. Click on that picture, and you'll be able to order yours, and it'll be sent out right away. Hello, this is Ray from Detroit, Michigan, Colin, and I just want to tell Jason and Jimmy how grateful and thankful I am that they're the ones putting on this awesome show I listen to about every week. Uh, you know, I work for the Detroit Lions uh, team who has spanked Chicago Bears, not once, but twice this year. Okay, Thank you very all much, right, Jimmy. okay. And as a result, I have not had a Thanksgiving for 12, 13 years now. Uh, but you guys, you, you help every year. Uh, help smooth that over with your specials and your podcast and just knowing that there's, there's guys out there who are working just as hard on Thanksgiving and the holidays, uh, bringing such happiness to folks like myself and other fans in our, in our community, nay, family. And uh, I just want to call to say I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you guys keep doing this for many years to come. I've, I've, I've listened to you for years now, and I hope I can say the same years from now. And uh, I wouldn't want anyone else doing it but you guys. And uh, God bless you. And happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. And I'm looking forward to the holiday special. And you guys rock, man. Keep it going strong, fellas. Oh, thank you, Ray. Appreciate the kind words. That's really nice. I'm glad to have Ray sitting here at the Thanksgiving table with us with some football talk because it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without football talk. Ray works uh, for the Detroit Lions, as we heard, and he couldn't help himself. He had to take a dig at my Chicago Bears. Yes, <laughs> yes, the Lions have had our number this year, but I, I'll let Ray off the hook. You know, Ray, every year he has to work on Thanksgiving because the Detroit Lions get a Thanksgiving Day game every year i don't know who determined that or why but uh every year the lions get a game on thanksgiving so that means ray is working and he's away from his family uh, so uh he's probably listening to uh this show right now i didn't realize his- that it was always a lions game yeah always a lions game and also dallas gets a game too mm. I don't know why it was determined to be just those two teams. And then there's a third game now that's kind of, I think, more or less a wild card sort of game where anyone can play. I mean, any team can be chosen to play in but that game. But there's a night game. So there's a one and a, well, for you, a 12 and a three and a. 12, three, and then a yeah. seven. But yeah, every year it's a Detroit game. It's a Dallas game. And I don't know who determined that or why. Because I'd like to see some Chicago football on Thanksgiving Day for a change. Sounds like an investigative report for someone in our audience to come back and tell us about that tradition. That if happened. we were a sports podcast, that would right. be acceptable. Well, they could still email it to us. If you know why Detroit always gets that Thanksgiving game, <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Show at RebelForceRadio.com. Uh, you know, we I think we mentioned this last week. I think we did about the... We did. Yeah. yeah, I thought so, because this came in right as we uh, were recording the show last week. The first official behind-the-scenes photo from Star Wars Episode Seven hit the interwebs uh, on J.J. Uh, Abrams' Twitter feed. And it was a photo of Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, R2-D2, and two unknown guys. Well, at least they were unknown at the time. Turns out that they're Lee Towersy and Oliver Steeples. That those names might sound a little familiar to you. They are uh, just a couple of guys who are members of the R two D two Builders Club. If you've been to a Star Wars celebration ever, you know that that's one of the most fun rooms to go into is where all of the droid builders are, particularly the R two 
D2 builders. And, you know, R2 is like Santa Claus. No matter how old you get, you can't be in front of a real live, well, you know what I mean, R2 unit without getting a big smile on your face and wanting to go up and and give him a hug. And, Jim, I suppressed it for a number of years. But finally, Celebration 6, I just I had to do it, had to go up and give R2 a hug. Yeah, whenever I see an R2, courtesy of the R2 Builders Club, cruising around a convention floor, even at Lucasfilm itself, I always have to go up and just, you know, rub his dome. I'm a dome (laughs) rubber. Mm. I'm a dome rubber. I'm a hugger. I admit it. I've been rubbing domes for years. But so I see R2 and I just kind of rub his dome because that's sort of what um, Luke would do that. And uh, 3PO sort of does that a little bit sometimes. It's just sort of a... It's like, you know, patting a dog on the head. But get this. So these guys, R2 Builders Club guys, are now officially part of the Creature Effects team for Episode 7. They didn't even apply for the jobs. They were were at Celebration Europe uh, just a, a year ago in Germany. And Kathleen Kennedy, you know, famously was there, was sort of her coming out to the fans. And she was walking around. Like her mentor, Notorious GL, would do uh, at the conventions, walk around, and uh, always loved going to the droid builders. That was one of the first stops if George was in the house. He was always going to check those guys out. And so Kathleen um, did the same thing. She was posing for pictures and posed for pictures with uh, Lee and Oliver and their droids. And they just sort of jokingly said, hey, you know, if you need help, um, we're... uh, you know, we're available. And it wasn't that long after that that they actually got a call. And uh, the rest is history. And That's amazing. And last week we were talking about the differences between the CG Yoda. that Yoda. We were talking about the differences between... <laughs> Get that out. You got, are you, you got one more in you? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Right. We were talking about the differences between the CG R2 that was featured in the prequels and the CG and the uh, real life R2 that was mostly featured in the original trilogy. Um, that that original trilogy R2 just had so much more character and personality because he's he was real working within a real environment. And uh, at times with a person in there shaking him, shaking him up, you know, giving him some sort of attitude, some sort of personality. And I just feel like some of that got sterilized a little bit when the prequel trilogy came along and R2 was primarily CGI, especially as the prequel trilogy progressed. By the time you got to episode three, Kenny Baker's involvement was minimal at best. I can't even find a single shot in episode three, where I think Kenny Baker is... In, well, no, no, I take that back. There's one shot on the Mustafar landing platform where R2 kind of does that classic shudder that he does. And when that happens, you have to assume that's Kenny Baker in there making that happen. I don't think Kenny Baker was on the set of episode three. He does get a credit. In the film, but that could be... I don't think he was actually on the set of episode three. In fact, I don't know if he was on the set of episode two. Yeah, definitely in those second two films, his involvement was minimal at best. Yeah. 
you're mostly looking at remote controlled R2, which is cool, which is what we're looking at here in this photo with JJ and Kathleen and the two dudes from the R2 Builders Club. But a lot of times you're dealing with CG, and that doesn't feel right to me. It just, R2 loses his weight sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, when a, when a battle droid that's also animated picks him up, it just feels different than the R2. Yeah, thing. you're right. The, the weight is a good uh, is a good way to describe it. And it's different with a ship that's in a weightless kind of space. But when you're talking about uh, R2 or or a Yoda or something, there is sort of a weightlessness. You're you're absolutely right that that comes across. Um visually it's done very convincingly. Um but at the same time, you're right. It, it does it does lose something to not have that uh, that tin can actually there. Um, but I mean, what a story for these guys! Uh, it's it's fascinating to me, Jim. That you know they're they're not going back and you know reusing the droid wranglers, you know the Don Beeses and uh, people like that uh, that have that have worked on the, the, some of the previous films. They've they've actually going to the R two builders now. I have. I recall, I can't say what convention or where I had heard it, but George has been very complimentary of the R2 builders over the years and has said that he felt that the R2 builders were actually making better R2 units than he had to work with on the set of the films, including uh, the prequels. And so maybe that is where Kathleen knew she would get the best R2 for JJ and company. And on the cheap. <laughs> and on the cheap, that's right. They're doing it for the honor of the thing. Um, well, but anytime, anytime a Star Wars fan makes it and uh, gets to play in the the real Star Wars world, we're certainly happy for them. So uh, both, uh, both these fellas, we uh, wish them the best. And uh, who knows? Maybe they'll show up here on... Rebel Force Radio to tell their story. You never know. But uh, good luck to them and, uh, of course, to the the crew. It looks like things are actually starting to happen. We've got a Twitter picture. Things are definitely happening. There is a lot of work going on right now on Star Wars Episode Seven, And this little photo on Twitter is merely scraping the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Hi, Jason, Jimmy. This is Anthony from Apollo, Pennsylvania. Little town north of Pittsburgh. My thoughts on Rebel Force Radio. I won a recent pickup due to Jimmy sitting in with my only other favorite podcast, that would be Star Wars in Character. Uh, he sat in one time, oh, back beginning, around the beginning of the year, and mentioned RFR, and here I am. And I've definitely got to say, it's just like listening to old-time radio. I can't wait every week for the next episode to come out. Uh, Jim's mentioned a couple of times. I've done a few back podcasts, and he's mentioned his age. Uh, I would put me roughly about three years older than Jim. <laughs> and i got to say, I love the way that you guys definitely you, you talk about it, the way you grew up with it, because uh, I've got so many different... Personal flashbacks, I guess if you want to call them that, myself, how I grew up. Keep keep it going the way you're going. You make it so much fun and keep throwing in all those different past memories of stuff. Even the, the episode you did with Charlie, that was just, it blew my mind. 
keep it going, and I'll be along for every episode. Thanks. Well, we're glad to have you, Anthony. Uh, we love the old school Star Wars fans. So, so if he's three years, what do you say, four years your senior, Jim, that would put him around 71, 72. So uh, he sounds a lot younger than that. What? 71? No, no, no. If he's older than me, I was born in 69. No, I'm talking about years old. Remember I told you that earlier that oh, that's Jimmy right. Mack is 60, 67 <laughs> years young. What the heck? I can't keep up with that. Why can't is everyone talking about my age on this show? <laughs> Can you have him a combo? You know what, though? Anthony mentioned Star Wars and character. And yes, Jim, you were on a on an episode. Uh, the, the, what the sh- what the show does is they look at and do a deep dive into the, some of the backstories of some of the, the, the lesser known characters in the Star Wars saga. And you were on an episode that they did where they were looking at Admiral Akbar. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Those guys are a blast. Uh, the show is uh, Star Wars in character and. Uh, Admiral Akbar, who thought you could sit down and talk to some guys you never met before for two <laughs> hours about Admiral Akbar? But somehow we figured out how to do it. So you can check that out. That's in their archives, Star Wars in character. Uh, they can be found on iTunes and uh, anywhere else you get podcasts, just like Rebel Force Radio. Well, they have a, uh, a, a charity promotion that they're doing. And uh, we actually have uh, Chris Irons, who's one of the hosts of the of the podcast, uh, joining us right now to talk more about what they've got in store for uh, spreading a little holiday cheer this year. Chris? Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jason. It's an honor to be here, and I love you guys very much. Well, we love you, too. And uh, we love folks that give their time and their talent and their treasure to charity and toys for tots. You can't really find a more honorable charity uh, out there, especially this time of year. So what do you got going on with those guys? We have um, created a little um, charity function. It's called the uh, art more project. And what it is, is our fellow co-host Matt has designed the Mandalorian armor out of um, PVC sheets, like made out of Sintra. So you can paint on it. You can color it. You can do whatever you want to it. And we asked, over around 40 friends, artists, people out there to create whatever they would like on the armor. So this is a lot like the Vader Project, the TK Project, where you're taking an iconic piece of Star Wars armor, in this case, and this is specifically the chest plate that Django and Boba Fett wear that has a very very distinct design. You are 100% correct. Right. We knew about those other two charities, and we were like, what can we do that, you know, that's not copying, that's, that's, that's different, so people can, you know, support Toys for Tots. And every cent, every dime, every little penny is going for Toys for Tots, but, here, but there's a little catch to it. We have us four on our podcast. It's Matt, Dave, Tim, and I grew up, you know, like you guys, obviously, during the original Star Wars movies. Oh, Jimmy's much, much older than I am. Ancient. <laughs> Ancient. Ancient. Like, is he in a wheelchair yet or no? Talk Jimmy to- happens to be 67 years young, ladies and gentlemen. He won't let anyone know this. <laughs> 67. But it's true. I'll, I guarantee you I'll still be doing this show at age 67. I guarantee he's right. But no, 44 is where I'll check in and hopefully so not you, check out. So you guys all grew up together uh, as Star Wars fans? Yes, guarantee. We grew up together. We worked at the same movie theater around 20, 25 years ago. We went to school together. I mean, we were just... Four close friends who just love talking about Star Wars. I'm looking at the uh, the website. By the way, you can go to Artmore. It's A R T M O R dot Neozaz N E O Z A Z dot com, and you can see some of this stuff. Wow, it's really really beautiful. So it's actually four pieces 
um, that comprise the the chest plate. So I guess if you, if I was a real customer, I would know this. But these pieces are are worn over top of the flight suit, correct? Um, on the chest. So these are four separate pieces, and folks are taking their turn. How did you uh, find the artists to to do this? Are these uh, you know your your kind of typical Star Wars artists, or did you reach out beyond? How did you find the community of artists to bring these to life? What's actually weird is that we just wanted to be the four of us. And we're like, yeah, let's do this. But no one's going to buy us. No one cares about us. So, you know, Facebook and some friends here and there. We got some. We got Gus Lopez. He did one. We got Tom Hutchins, the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs. He did one for us. Uh, Ted Dastic Jr., who is Lucasfilm approved artist. He did one. We, we got like people who really matter. And then we got us four. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Do I see a Harry Potter reference on one of these? Yes. Oh, whose is that? Jimmy Max? Sacrilege. No, sacrilege. No, totally sacrilege. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This one gets better. This is, I love this one. This is great. This is quite the mashup. So it's the, it's the Fed armor, and it's in a very iconic gold color with a uh, certain Starfleet emblem on it, and a quote from Dumbledore. Yes. <laughs> wow. They got some nerve. He mashed up three of them, and, and it, they're, all, they're all fantastic. And, there's, and the auction actually is this Sunday, the 24th at 6.10 Eastern Standard Time. If you go on www.thebigtoyauction.com. Thebigtoyauction.com. Yeah, and you so go you can participate there. online. Yes, but it's, it's a live auction. It's a live auction. You're absolutely wow. right. You can bid now. You can bid right now. You can put a price in and see if you're going to win. You know, if you're high bidder, high bidder. But the live the live auction goes off this Sunday, six ten Eastern Standard Time. This Sunday, and all of the funds go to Toys for Tots. Yes, and that's that's where there's a little bit of a twist to it. They're, we're doing a Toys for Tots drive at the Winter Festival. December 14th from yeah. 10 to 4 at Kimberton Fairgrounds in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Here's the thing, though. So Every- you're, are you giving them cash, or are you going to take that cash and go out and buy some awesome toys? We're going to go out, me, uh, Dave and I go out. We did this last year, but we, we're going to go out there and just, just buy Star Wars toys, action figures, Legos, puzzles, dolls, uh, Angry Birds, Plush is just Star Wars. Nothing else. Because when us four were kids on the podcast, to us, yeah, Christmas morning meant coming down those stairs and opening up some kind of Star Wars item. Right. Action figures, the Falcon, you know, Tauntaun, Wampa, something back in the day that you remembered, that you would remember for the rest of your life. That was what your childhood was about. Star right. Wars toys, Christmas morning. Right. Uh, very cool. Well, that's going to see everybody wins because those who bid get these incredible, uh, one of a kind art pieces. Uh, you guys get to have a shopping spree to beat the band. That's, that's good. That's, we did that. We had so much fun buying just Star Wars toys. Like, like everything that, that is out there. How much we, did you raise last year? Do you mind my asking? Do you know what's weird? We raised around 600. Uh huh. And how long did it take you to, to, to spend $600 on Star Wars stuff? Um, not that long. Could we actually <laughs> – seriously, we hit like five below. Yeah. They had a lot of figures for, figures for $5, puzzles, coloring books. And then oh, we hit oh, well, listen to this. So, so not only – you guys are discount shopping. So you're really trying to spread and stretch that money. 
which is great. So you're being very responsible as a uh, as a nonprofit here. I, yes, uh, rather than buying you know like Xboxes and PS4s and all that jazz, we're right. we're we're buying the cheapest items. But the cheaper they are, the more we can get. Fantastic, fantastic. You know what I really yeah. like here is I uh, peruse this artwork. Is this great tribute to Smokey and the Bandit? Oh, <laughs> yes. It's, it's a, a reproduction of the Trans Am's hood that Burt Reynolds drove in Smokey and the Bandit. It is amazing. The, the gold bird on black is striking on this Mandalorian chest plate. It's fantastic. That's one of the ones that is actually going, I think, the highest so far. That one, and there, there's one uh, that's um, Venom. It's a yes. Venom. Yes. I, I, I'm a little actually, partial to actually, Skeletor. I like that one too. Oh, Venom's cool. Yeah. Venom yeah. actually fits the uh the shape of the, the chest plate really well. Yeah, very nice. It seems like made for it. Yeah. Actually you the Trans Am sort of does too. Yeah, the Trans Am works really well. Yeah. This is happening this Sunday. Yes. And uh, give that website out again, Chris. The big toy and when you go on there, you'll see a photo on the right of, of, a, of a Mandalorian armor chest plate with a big red T on it. You click on that, it takes you right to all these awesome pieces. Amazing. We'll link up to it on our Facebook page as oh, well. Thank you very much. This is, this is, it's all, and we're going to film it, we're going to document it, we're going to take pictures, we're going to be posting all about it because it's all for the kids. You know? and, and where do good folks go to uh, kind of follow the action? Uh, where's the best place to find you guys on your Facebook page, on the website? Where do they go? Yeah, www.swic.neozaz.com. That's the website, and we're on Facebook under Star Wars and Character. You can't can't miss us, I guess. Well, th- and before we let you go, Chris, tell us a little bit about the show and uh, why Star Wars fans would be uh, tuning in. We, as, as I said, us four grew up together, and it's a podcast about talking about the obscure characters in the background, like like. Ifant Mon, or you know mm. the the people who are on screen for maybe eighteen seconds, mm-hmm. and we go on their background story, and we're just four guys having fun. We, of course, we like poke fun of certain scenes. You know, we love certain scenes. Other scenes are really, you know, crazy. Like we just did an episode last week about <laughs> about Fixer. No, all right, yeah, right. He's not even really in the movie, but he has a deleted scene, so we wanted to do his background, and it's 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 interesting. You know, we we go we. Sure. we information it's just four of us having a great time we did a, a panel at celebration we actually i think followed you guys i think at celebration uh five i'm guessing sorry about the mess <laughs> <laughs> no problem but it's so, just a yeah time. so so you use all kinds of sources obviously expanded universe sources uh role-playing well, games yeah, all that yeah. stuff yeah it's wikipedia just- right Right. Come across. Exactly. That's, that's, that's so, a, so give me a character that that you never would have thought would have been interesting, but you really, really grew to love. Yeah, there's well, one of our favorites is is Porkins. Yeah, we did, yeah, we did one on him, and it's just because we know how we know how he goes out. What's well, it, what's interesting about him uh, prior to him uh, meeting his demise there? Well, the battle well, the whole thing about him is what we were we were making, making fun of is that when they were like eject, eject. If he ejects, he's dead. Well, he couldn't eject because he was too fat to be launched out of that cockpit. <laughs> right. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's, there's, some, there's some background. There's one character. Uh, You're right. Why would they have what, – what would he eject? What, what, right? How would that help? If he ejects, guess what? He can't breathe. He's in space. He would, 
just you know stuff that we watch all. That's our awesome. Lives. I know. That's that's fantastic. And we just poke, you know, we poke fun. Then then there's there's a lot of characters. One of them, I'm trying to think, one of them, like eats its own its own prey. I forget who that character eats its was. own what what own prey. Like it carries around like a stake, like a, a staff of like dead skulls. Oh, that's and, a mana man. Yes, yes. See, you know that one. Yeah, it's this weird stuff that. Seriously? So that's that's like his dinner. What those that staff of skulls? That's what he uh, ate. A late night snack. I don't know. He's a headhunter. Oh, he's a headhunter. Oh, he's like the predator. Yes, exactly. It's, it's just we find really some cool characters. We 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 just have a blast. How do you yeah. how do you pick the characters from week to week? We actually we try to go back and forth the original and then prequels. Mm, we go back okay. and forth, you know, and sure ones that we think have a good story. Some some don't. Some do. Some are so long. But we're gonna. We haven't done, you know, of course, you know, Luke, Vader, Han, Leia, Chewie, like the, the main characters, because there's a lot of information about sure. that. Sure, yeah, you have to do a whole series of shows on that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, awesome. The, the, the podcast is Star Wars in Character. You can find them at swic.neozaz.com and uh, take a look at this beautiful uh, armor as part of the Artmore Project. Going to, all the proceeds go to Toys for Tots. Great time of year to be doing that. A R T M O R dot neozaz.com so chris thank you so much for uh taking the time out and thank you for all the work you're doing for the the, the kids thank you jimmy and jason it was honored to be on here and tell you about my armor project awesome all right man we'll talk to you soon okay okay thanks all right sure bye 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 A big thanks to DorksideToys.com, our sponsor for this week's show. We've been telling you about them for quite some time. They are a great, great source for not just Star Wars, but uh, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Walking Dead, uh, DC, Marvel, all kinds of different action figures. That's pretty much what they got. You're into action figures? They got action figures there at Dorkside Toys, including uh, a great selection of Star Wars. And I got to tell you, Jim, I just got... Two boxes of toys from Dorkside, and they are packed with care. And I think I told you last week I got one, and then I got one yesterday, which has that Wave 3 featuring the Darth Plagueis figure. Ooh, you got the Plagueis. I got the Plagueis, and it's a great-looking figure. It really is. Um, I I tell you what, now I want to see a young Palpatine figure to go with my Plagueis flesh out this line. So does the Plagueis match up with with uh, your mind's eye version of the character as you read that book? Yeah, it really does. You know, um, you know, we knew he was a moon. Moon. Um, so I had a, a sense of what he might look like. There was an illustration of him uh, on the cover of the, of the novel. Um, but it, he does. He's a lot skinnier. You know, I kind of forgot quite how creepy skinny they were um but he also comes with a detachable breath mask you know he sustains those massive injuries an assassination attempt right. about three quarters through the book and uh sorry spoiler alert and yeah. uh, so you can actually have him with the mask on or without the mask and you know he's ugly and creepy both ways but uh he's a really really fun figure to have i don't know what it is you know you all have listen to me for almost eight years talk about Star Wars novels and uh, I don't know what it is about that character in that book 
it still resonates with me. And I just can't divorce those characters and those situations from what I know about Star Wars in terms of the film. So uh, I just love the opportunity to have this figure um, as, you know, as part of my collection. And uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a tough one to get. I don't know for sure. I haven't seen it on the, on the, on the pegs at all. But um, I, I, if, you, if you want to guarantee that you're going to get this one, you got to order the whole wave. Wave 3 comes sealed in the box direct from the Hasbro uh, factory. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, all of the cards in beautiful shape. Yeah. Consider the source, though. You know, they're the Black Series cards. Not the most beautiful things, but they look beautiful coming from Dorkside Toys. And uh, so make sure you check them out. They've got, like I said, all the three and three quarter. They've got the six inch as well. Um, I think that wave two of the six inch should be coming in. They're starting to show up retail. I've seen them in the wild uh, lately. Uh, so they should be showing up at Dorkside. They got all kinds of stuff, including even the, the, the big jumbo gentle giant figures uh, Jim I know you're getting kind of partial to those you're you're weakening I think you're weakening you want those well you know it's that Boba Fett figure that's mm. the one I just I almost got in line for it at Star Wars Celebration 5 it was an exclusive then mm-hmm. and uh, now they, they have it out and uh, again and I believe this time the, the backpack actually does fire the rocket so, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. I'm just afraid to open that can of worms. Should I start collecting one? Then I'm going to want to collect more. I mean, that's just the natural nature. Well, you do gonna... have the Lando now, Grace. I do, yes. And that was a, a kind, generous donation of my collection from you, Jason. And uh, I, I try not to look at it because I just think <laughs> I need, you know, I need Lobot then. Right. If I Lobot, I'm going to need Han and I'm going to need Chewie. I'm going to need Leia. You can't just stop at Lando and Lobot. But, uh, I, I, That's no party. No, but if you're looking as to where you can get those, uh, look no further than Dorkside Toys. And they, they really, really did a great job. I, the, the ordering on the website was a breeze, uh, as well as uh, the two or three days that I had to wait. Everything came priority mail, and it just uh, packed again with lots of love and care. So can't say enough about them. DorksideToys.com. Tell you what, the best way to shop from those guys... Go to shotglassdigital.com. That's our website. And click on the Dorkside Toys banner. That way they know you came from us. So uh, we appreciate you taking the extra effort to do that. So thanks to Dorkside Toys for their support of Rebel Force Radio. And with that, we're going to go to Andy. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, this is Andy from Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Um, I just thought I'd call like everyone else is calling right now to say you guys have an amazing show. Um, I listen to it every week. Uh, it's what I look forward to. Um, I'm a pretty big, well, no, I collect Star Wars. I'm not a big collector, but it's a hobby, and pretty much all my friends know me for it. Um, I grew up with Star Wars, and with my friend Brian, and now my other best friend Ryan, we both listen to Rebel Force Radio every week, and after we listen to it, we walk away and start texting each other ideas coming from your show, and I'm actually kind of nervous making this call. (laughs) Um, But you guys are like the glue. Like, 
you know, even even when nothing's happening in the Star Wars world, you know, you guys bring forth something to talk about. And, uh, you know, like so many people, we're completely thankful. Also, uh, me and my friend Ryan, we're going to order Rebel Force radio shirts. And when we go to uh, Star Wars Celebration in California, we're, uh, we're wearing costumes. But underneath, we're wearing the Force, man. We're wearing Rebel Force radio. And we hope to see you guys there. Anyway... Look forward to your show every week, and keep it up, guys. May the Force be with you. Well, Andy and Ryan, I believe. I, I know one was Brian, one was Ryan. So, um, But uh, all three of you, thank you so much for, uh, for listening to the show. And uh, love the idea of you getting the Rebel Force Radio t-shirts. By the way, no need to be nervous. No need to be nervous. I mean, you know, look... We're just like you. We put our pants on one leg at a time, and after we put our pants on, we create incredible uh, Star Wars entertainment podcasts. For thousands and thousands of people. I don't know what Jason's talking about, Andy, but I vomit every time we're about ready to start the show. I just I can't oh. contain myself. <laughs> I want to talk about butterflies. I got Minox <laughs> flying around in my stomach. <laughs> But you know what? Andy didn't say what he was going to drag. He said he was going to be in costume at Celebration 7, but he didn't say what costume. Well, he said he'd be probably wearing our shirt underneath. underneath that costume, yeah. So, you know, if we, he's in any sort of armor, he's going to be sweating like crazy. So we'll uh, just be sweat rags, Rebel Force Radio sweat rags. Maybe we'll have those for 501st members. You need those. We, we got to get, yeah. Jim's always got the sweat towel around his neck uh going around uh, you know because there's no downtime you're at a show with jim there's no downtime you're running from one end of the convention center to the to the next and uh uh so you got the sweat right i think we do need the jimmy mac sweat towels it's been talked about in the past yeah it's been talked about in the past and uh, you know maybe if we expand our marketing further you know that that could be a, a, a an avenue we all go down together uh, <laughs> I don't know who's going to be wanting to go down Sweat Avenue with me, but uh, now did you have it with you when you were doing the lightsaber training with Nick Gillard? Oh my God, we couldn't release the video of that <laughs> because I was sweating so much. You can't I, even see him; you're just like one big. You, <laughs> it's like is, is he in a back to tank? No, that's him. He's just standing there. <laughs> I was in L.A. and we shot this nice piece with uh, Randy Martinez and Denise Vasquez at. This museum exhibit they had, all this incredible Star Wars art. But inside the museum itself, <laughs> it must have been a thousand degrees. The second I set foot into that place, I just started dripping with sweat. They, they couldn't use any of it. Hmm. J.C. Reifenberg shot this stuff. I had a pro shooting me video in this, this museum, and we couldn't use any. J.C.'s just like, no, 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 I got filters that'll uh, eliminate the sweat. He couldn't even find technology <laughs> that would help my perspiration. <laughs> But that's how much we're into it, you know? You we just look like a solar flare. Stuff in. That, <laughs> we're busting our humps to bring you guys quality yeah. Star Wars coverage year-round, year after year. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, uh, let's just – we've been talking about the T-shirts. Let's go ahead and give one away now. We, 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 we spoke about this uh, last week, and there were three ways you were eligible to win – the Rebel Force Radio T-shirt. Uh, one way was to like us uh, our our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com dot slash Rebel Force Radio. Another way was to follow us on Twitter or 
Way number three was to leave us a review at iTunes. And like all reviews at iTunes, we only have one rule. Make it good. So, Jim, what do you, what do you got? So we took everybody and we put them together in the hopper. And uh, right before the show began, we chose one winner at random. And that winner is of a brand new Rebel Force Radio t-shirt from Facebook, Brandon Jackson. So congratulations, right. Brandon. Brandon. There we go. Very right. good. Brandon's a great guy. He's a solid Star Wars fan, and I took a peek at his Facebook page. It looks like he is U.S. military, too. So that's what I'm giving thanks for on this Thanksgiving Day is our proud men and women of the service who are out there fighting a good fight for our freedom. So God bless the USA. God bless Brandon Jackson. You got a Rebel Force Radio T-shirt heading in your direction. I'll reach out to you and find out what size you want. And for everyone else who entered into our contest, who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, or left us a review at iTunes, thank you so much for doing that. You are not left out. Rebel Force Radio t-shirts are still available at shotglassdigital.com in all sizes. Keep the orders coming in, and we're going to keep restocking and resupplying Rebel Force Radio t-shirts. So if we run out of stock... You can even pre-order. So more details on that down the road and also more details on ladies' cut T-shirts. We're not forgetting the fangirls. As a matter of fact, I consulted our very own fangirls gone rogue, and I asked Trisha and Teresa, I said, help me uh, pick a good shirt here. So uh, we're in the committee right now. and There's <laughs> no time to discuss in a committee. Pretty soon, ladies' cut T-shirts will be available. So stay tuned with us here on Rebel Force Radio. Follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, or do it the other way around. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, and you will be getting up-to-date information on when these T-shirts are going to be available. Now, when you said ladies' cut T-shirts, I was thinking of the Padme shirt from uh, Episode 2. It's a ladies' cut T-shirt, right? Right. Well, what you do with it after you've received it is up to you okay yeah so we don't just take a regular shirt and then have it cut by that that big kitty thing do no we? but you know what it is a service we will be providing at future conventions if you <laughs> do buy a t-shirt and you want us we'll have like a metal rake with us where we can just rake you on the back there you go and we'll rip off the lower half of the shirt <laughs> And and then we'll take that lower half that we ripped off and we'll sell it as Jimmy Mac sweat rags. So- <laughs> oh, it's perfect. See, it just all works out great. Congratulations, Brandon. See what you hath wrought. All right. Rounding out the uh, voicemails here, we've got Darth Daddy. Hi, this is Darth Daddy from customsforthekid.blogspot.com. I just wanted to thank Rebel Force Radio for giving Star Wars customizers an opportunity to shine in the Smuggler's Gambit Custom Action Figure Contest. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Excellent. That's right. We did the uh, the contest. And, boy, there were some really great figures. Uh, yeah, that was a huge success. And you can see all those custom figures at uh, the Smuggler's Gambit Facebook page, facebook.com slash Star Wars Smuggler's Gambit. And rest assured, Darth Daddy... And Star Wars action figure customizers everywhere that there are going to be new characters to make action figures out of because we are hard at work right now on Smuggler's Gambit 2. We're targeting the next Star Wars celebration 2015 in Anaheim for the big premiere of that 
live audio drama. That's now, you're something. not going to push uh, Star Wars uh, Smuggler's Gambit 2 back six months, are you? You're going to hit your release date target. We're definitely going to hit that release date. I think April 2015 in Anaheim is the place to be if you're a Smuggler's Gambit fan. Because uh, we are, uh, like I said, Kyle Newman, F.J. DeSanto. Yeah, I mean, if Kyle Newman didn't come on board and fire F.J., did he? Well... We don't want to talk about that on the show. Oh, all right. No, no, no. Of course, FJ is locked and loaded. Uh, the the original crew, uh, David Collins. We're going to have a ball with this. So uh, that's at Star Wars Celebration 2015. What a highlight! What a highlight of celebration that was. That was so cool. Very cool. All right, I got another highlight for you. I know it's our Thanksgiving special, and I know it's about voicemails, but we cannot, cannot leave this one out. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. And don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right. Billy D. Sorry, baby. It's just business. Why you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler? Works every time. And Lando Calrissian is forever. <laughs> All right. Billy D, quote of the week. Jimmy Mac, I'm thankful for Billy D. I'm sure you're thankful for Billy D. So what have you brought with you this week to show how thankful we are? Well, this is a follow-up to a story we reported a couple weeks ago on the Billy D quote of the week. We let Star Wars fans know that Disney has left the gambling world, Star Wars slot machines, are going to come to an end. The license will not be renewed. And uh, what Star Wars slot machines you see out there might be on borrowed time. Same thing with the Marvel slot machines. Uh, Apparently, Disney does not want its property to be associated with, ooh, gambling, ooh. Mm. Slot machines are fun. Come on, everyone loves them. Trading cards will be next. You know, those are of the devil. Not trading cards, I meant playing cards. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, to follow up on this story, we got some insider info from uh, some of the guys who actually worked on the Star Wars slot machine. And uh, you might remember last week we uh, featured some, uh, or a couple weeks ago when we talked about this, we featured some Billy D audio from the game. Billy D did a voice along with Anthony Daniels, James Earl Jones, and Tom Kane as Yoda. And all the games have the original John Williams music. But here's some information about the future of these slot machines, which were produced by a company called IGT. Now, the games will be out in the casinos for a little while longer. The contracts have a one-year sell-off period after they expire. So, they're still going to be out there, and then the, the machines themselves apparently will be sold off to maybe collectors, what have you. But They'll they end up in to Rancho to- Obi-Wan. Oh, I, I think there already is one in Rancho oh, Obi-Wan. Okay. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. can play the maybe slots at Rancho? I, maybe I'm confusing that with the Pachinko machine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, let me look into that. I'll figure out uh, if Steve has one of those in the museum. But... Um, the Star Wars contract itself isn't due to expire for a little while longer. So while they won't be renewing the contract, the contract is still valid, at least as of this day in 2013. So uh, you'll be seeing Star Wars slot machines out there for a little while longer. There's eight different games. You have A New Hope, 
Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Dark Side, Rebel Assault, Jabba's Palace, Duel on Mustafar, Droid Hunt, and Star Wars Trilogy. And all of them are still out there worldwide. They have been translated in multiple languages. Penny denomination only for these machines, which is something I didn't know. It's penny slots. So that means it just takes one penny per line to play. So it doesn't cost... uh, The the price of admission for the old Star Wars slot machines is uh, very cheap, very cheap. And as I mentioned... Features the voices of uh, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, James Earl Jones as Darth Vader, and mm, Tom Kane as Yoda. So, <laughs> just to remind everyone a little bit about the magic of not only Billy D. Williams, but of the Star Wars slot machines, vice versa. Lando Calrissian does make his presence known in these slot machines, and uh, let's replay that great montage of Billy D. Williams audio recorded for the Star Wars slot machine. Hello. What have we here? I'm Lando Calrissian. Glad to make your acquaintance. You've come to the right place. Trust me, everything's going to be just fine. Wow, this could take a little while. You're doing great. I can tell that you've done this before. You're an old pro. Nice job. See, I told you everything would be fine. Don't worry. This isn't as bad as it looks. Hey, carbon freezing isn't designed for that. (laughs) Oh, wow. The mind just races uh, with some of those lines. Um, When you separate the dialogue from the slot machine experience... Yeah, the mind races. Yeah. <laughs> it goes into several unsavory <laughs> locations. Uh, indeed. But as I mentioned, uh, other actors did voices for the Star Wars slot machine. And uh, most notoriously, Tom Kane. Tom Kane is one of the nicest guys involved in Star Wars. He's uh, a true diplomat uh, when it comes to fan relations. Uh, he's always been great to us. Over all the years, we've been covering Clone Wars and doing Star Wars broadcasting. And Tom's just a super good guy who relishes the opportunity to play Yoda. And also, he loves to have a lot of fun with the voice, too. So we acquired some outtakes of Tom Kane. Maybe we might even hear a Yoda warm-up somewhere in this montage of outtakes. But here's Tom Kane from the Star Wars slot machine. Adventure you seek? Mm-hmm. Tickle me, you do. It's like, is he done? <laughs> this is the best the Jedi uh, Council has to offer. Uh, this guy. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Tickle me. Great. Yeah. Tickle me. Uh, tickle me Yoda. It's actually going to be the biggest toy of the year. Uh, you haven't seen it yet? Check One it of these days, they have to make a Tickle Me Yoda. Come on. Come on. 
weekend with so, us. Uh, so this leads us then to a, a classic piece of audio. It's inevitable. You know it's going to have to happen. We have that montage of Billy D. We have that montage of Tom Kane. It only seems to be natural that they be brought together in the Lando Yoda mashup. <laughs> Hello. What have we here? I'm Lando Calrissian. Adventure you seek? <laughs> Glad to make your acquaintance. Tickle me, you do. <laughs> You've come to the right place. <laughs> Trust me. Everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> wow, this could take a little while. <laughs> You're doing great. I can tell that you've done this before. You're an old pro. Nice job. See, I told you everything would be fine. Tickle me. Don't worry. This isn't as bad as it looks. Hey, carbon freezing isn't designed for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, again, the mind goes into unsavory locations. Right. It's all on the up and up, though. It's all on the up and up. Well, there you got it. Great, great, great classic Billy D clip. And it's a shame, Jim, that these machines are going away, but they may find their way into homes and uh, museums of Star Wars collectors all over the world. So, Podcast I'm sure studios. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, penny slots, I can afford that. I could do. I could handle that. But uh, great, great, great clip. And if you've got a Billy D quote of the week you would like to share with us and that we could share with all of you, please send it to us. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Subject line, Billy D. It's going to wrap up our annual Thanksgiving program where we say thanks to you, our listeners, for spending the year with us just about each and every week here to talk Star Wars. So thank you all so much. Also, big thanks to our sponsors, Audible.com. Go make sure you go to audiblepodcast.com slash RFR for that free audiobook download of your choice. Why not make it one of the Zahn, Timothy Zahn, Thrawn novels sort of reignited the flames of Star Wars fandom all those years ago. Also, DorksideToys.com. Go to ShotGlassDigital.com and make sure you click on the Dorkside Toys banner as your gateway into the goodness that is Dorkside Toys and uh, complete your order. Get that Darth Plagueis figure. You'll, you'll be glad you did. little programming note. No weekly show next week. We'll be spending uh, some much-needed time with our families over the Thanksgiving holiday, but make sure you keep your eyes peeled right here on the Rebel Force Radio podcast feed for programming like 1138. They're from the UK. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving, so they can they, they can still work. And, uh, of course, a few other surprises, so make sure you're checking in with the feed. Uh, if you'd like to play with us in between shows, we invite you to do so. Show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address. That's show at rebelforceradio.com. Dot com The voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. And our Twitter feed, a great place to catch up with all things Rebel Force Radio at Rebel Force Radio. And it's the handle. Jimmy Mac's on there at Jimmy Mac Radio. I'm on there from time to time at Jason Swank. And the Facebook page, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, what a great community. Our Facebook uh, 
likes have just grown so quickly uh, and so much over the past 10 months of Rebel Force Radio history. We really appreciate that, all the support that you've given us there. And it just is a really fun community to follow and have conversations about all things Star Wars. That's at Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. Check us out on iTunes. That's a good way to make sure that you're getting all of the podcasts from Rebel Force Radio, our whole family of podcasts, including Fangirls Gone Rogue. That's it. iTunes. Just take a search for Rebel Force Radio and you'll find it. You can also leave us a review, but as I said before, just one rule. Make it good. And our official website, rebelforceradio.com. We are a proud, proud member of the Shot Glass Digital family. That's a shotglassdigital.com. So if you like the sounds of Rebel Force Radio, you're going to love some of the other podcasts we have on there, like Fangirls Going Rogue, Radio 1138, Star Wars Influences. Episode 2 is out now. It's Jimmy Mack and Paul Bateman. Bondcast, Thunderball, Part 2. We're going to look at the fourth James Bond film out now. Fictional Frontiers, Techno Retro Dads, Geek Out Loud, Tron Decoding the Grid, and more shows and new Star Wars programming coming soon. Got a Facebook page for Shot Glass too. It's facebook.com slash Shot Glass Digital. Don't forget that Rebel Force Radio can be heard every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at srsounds.com, Sorcerer's Radio. SRSounds.com Rebel Force Radio t-shirts are available at ShotGlassDigital.com We'll have some uh, new sizes for ladies coming very soon but I think Jim all sizes are in stock right now Yeah, right now they are But uh, that changes from day to day So get your order in ShotGlassDigital.com and uh, place your order for your Rebel Force Radio t-shirt. That's going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you all so much. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Nice job. Mm.